Hey family, this is James Taylor, lead pastor of the Heavenly Vision Church, where it is our vision to reach, save, strengthen, and mature. I'm glad you could tune in to this podcast today. I pray that the word will be a blessing to you and help you move towards God's will. For the sake of understanding how they responded to the call to the unknown and how they navigated through their journey. Now in this first week, we are going to go into the unknown with Noah. We're going to go into the unknown with Noah. And for anybody who has not received one of our 2020 uh, Vision Sunday guides, uh, raise your hands. If you, if you were not here last week and you did not receive one of those, raise your hands. Our doorkeepers are going to, uh, our ministers, our men and women of God, they're going to give you one right now. Uh, read through that. That is going to give you some guidance on as... Thank you. We have some in front, Minister Ronald. Thank you so much, brother. Pastor DeMarcus, thank you so much. Amen. Can we thank God for, we, for pastors and ministers who don't mind serving the people of God? Amen. Not just in the... We ain't got no whole line of chairs or everybody just sitting up in robes, just like chilling. But I thank God. So... As we go into the unknown, the Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and that he was a just and perfect man in his generation. That's what the Bible says about Noah. Uh, you can go to Genesis chapter 6. That's where we'll be all, uh, for the remainder of this sermon. He was a just and perfect man in his generation. The Bible says that he walked with the Lord. And because of this distinction and divine providence of God, Noah was the one chosen to go into the unknown. Now, I need you to understand this, that many of you, God is choosing to take you somewhere else because of how you've been in a previous season of your life. Don't miss this. Everything that you have done has prepared you for what you're getting ready to do. I know you thought it was menial. You thought nobody cared. You thought nobody was looking at you. But I need you to know that everything you've done, that faithfulness in that place, that faithfulness to that seat, that faithfulness to that chair, that faithfulness to that office, that faithfulness to that work, that faithfulness to that relationship, that faithfulness to that service is creating a context for you to go into the unknown. So let's do some reading. Go to Genesis chapter 6. I want to start reading the 13th through the 18th verse. And then we're going to make some sense of this. We're going to, we're going to be all together. And we're going to be out of here in good time. No worries. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh. For the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Now make of yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch or tar. This is how you will make the length of the ark 300 cubits and its breadth 50 cubits and its height 30 cubits. And make room for the ark and finish it 
in a cubic above and set a door of the ark in its side. Make with it lower, second, and third decks. For behold, I will bring a flood of water upon the earth and destroy all flesh in which is breath of life under heaven. And everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. It's cold, right? <laughs> like, man, you're just going to drown everybody. Earth, done. This is it. But I need you to understand something. When God makes a determination, we must respond with obedient creativity and seek covenant relationships. I'm going to say this one more time. When God makes a determination, we must respond with creative obedience and seek covenant relationships. Notice what happens here. God says, I'm tired of the earth and I'm getting ready to kill everything. I'm getting ready to shut this down. I want to prophesy this because I feel this in the room. God is getting, has already made a determination about some of the things that you've been involved in. Okay, amen. I, did, I said God is making a, he's already made a determination. I'm getting ready to deal with this. You've been talking about it for years. You've been trying to deal with this. You've been trying to bring some clarity to this, this convoluted circumstance or, or set of relationships. And God says, I've made a determination. Can I declare this for somebody in this room that needs to hear this? You're not going to deal with this same foolishness in 2020. Now, now, here's where you shout, though. Not because you're about to set somebody straight, but because God has made a determination. Oh, somebody, please don't miss. Please do not leave this room without hearing what I just said. God says, I have made a determination. I don't care how through you are with it. You, you got to know it's a different story altogether when God says, I'm through with it. And so he said, I need you to respond with creative obedience. Creative obedience or, or, or obedient creativity. In other words, God begins to tell, to tell Noah, I need you to build something that you don't have previous context for. And in this season of your life, you need to know that God is beginning to awake creativity in you. Because for most of you in this room, if not all of you, God says, I need you to create something that's not in your present context. Some of you, the frustration that you feel right now is because God has prepared you for something that doesn't exist yet. Ooh, oh, my goodness. I wish I had people in here that knew how to shout to the word. The reason why you can't fit because God created you for something that don't exist yet. And so God says the reason why you have this, this, this issue, the reason why you can't settle nowhere is because I, I put newness in you that you can't even see outside of you. I put constructs and cons I put identity. I put ideas in you that don't even exist. There's not even a context for it yet. So if you don't see it and you mad about it, understand you don't one that kind of build it. Stop being pissed off that they can't fit your anointing into their vessel. It wasn't meant to fit. It wasn't meant to fit. You have to respond with obedient creativity. 
He couldn't go to the art store. He couldn't say, hey, hey bro, I remember you, you, you created the art last year, so can you kind of guide me on this? Now, now here's the now, now, cause I know everything this, this is life coach season and mentor season and big bro, big sis, you know, bomb pop, auntie, dad, uncle, and I'm and I'm good with all of that. I thank God for the people that I'm able to cover and, and give spiritual parenting to and cover them and mentor them. And I have pastors that follow me and they're like, man, you've been doing this so many years. I, I'm with all of that. But some of you, I need you to understand there is no context for what God is calling you for. And you got to be okay with being a trailblazer. Hallelujah. God, God did not call me to pastor carbon copies. This is why the whole, the whole, watch this ethos of heavenly vision is not like everything else. It's like, we, we, it, it ain't great, but it ain't terrible. It's like, this is amazing, and this is like, why we don't do this right? And, and this is awesome, and I never had this in my life, but it's like, this is like terrible, and I don't even know why we're not right yet. Because God is creating something that has not been. So he says, I've made a determination. And so now I'm going to do something. But watch this. We have to respond with obedient creativity, but we also have to respond. Watch this. And we have to seek covenant relationships. Notice this. Notice this. He tells Noah, get your sons. No, no, first, let's back it up. Get your boo. Go get baby mom, go get wifey, go get bae, tell her it's time to roll. Get your sons, tell them to get their wives, and tell them it's time to roll. Hear me, this is a season. I appreciate all, I appreciate everything you got going on in your life, but this is a season for covenant relationships. Because watch this, there are some people that will get caught up in the flow of change if they're not in the Ark of Covenant. Here it is. Here it is. Moses had family. I'm sure he had cousins. I'm sure he had, you know, brothers, sisters. I'm sure, I'm sure there were relationships that he had outside of his wife and his children. But God said, what I want to do in your life cannot be done out of the context of covenant. I can't have ambient relationships in this season. I can't have relationships like, ah, we cool today. We, nah, nah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just chilling. T-. No, no, no. Every relationship I have has to be on purpose. Every relationship I have has to be covenant because now God is creating something to take me somewhere. Yes, sir. And so that's why, listen, in my life, where, where, where I am right now, I'm like, listen, I, I, there, there needs to be a certain standard to my life. There need to be a certain standard to my family, certain standard to my house, certain standard to my car, certain standard to my attire, certain standard in my life. Why? Because I recognize that God is creating something in me to take me somewhere. So it's not weird. It's not strange. It's not, please don't be mad at me. But we're trying to go somewhere because there is, there is about to become a flood of change coming. You thought 2016 was crazy? Wait till 2020 election. So 
When God makes a determination, we must respond with obedient creativity and seek covenant relationships. And I want to put this in here now because I know that, that we've been in church a long time. And, and even when we heard in, in, in First Peter said Noah was a preacher. And you know what I mean? So it, like we, we give, the, we give the, uh, the idea that for 120 years as Noah was creating this ark, and even when he turned six, 600, that's when the flood actually fell. Uh, so 120 years, he's building this ark. Watch this. We, sometimes we make it seem like Noah was out there preaching. It's going to rain, y'all. It's going to rain, y'all. Y'all better come on now. Come on, get in this. Come on, come on, come on the flood. Come, come, come on the ark so you can get out of there. No, watch this. God never intended for Noah to take anybody but his covenant family. See, I, I know, I know, I know we, we've been taught and it's been preached to us that Noah was out there preaching like, hey, y'all, come on the boat. Don't get out. No. Because here, here's the origin of it. You got to go to the origin of a thing to understand the context of it. The origin of it is here, here are the only people I'm not going to kill, Noah. You, your wife, your sons, and they wives. Everybody else is gone. So now, when we see, watch this, when we see uh, the, the appearance of Noah in Peter's uh, apostolic writings or in Peter's epistles, the word, watch there, the word that is there is, is not the same word for preacher that we think of. It's not, the sa- it's not the same preacher that Solomon was. This word simply means a herald of what's to come. Noah prophesied, this is getting ready to happen. Watch this. And the context was, he prophesied while he prepared. Don't miss this. He didn't stop preparing to prophesy. He prophesied in tandem with his preparation, which means that while he was building the ark, y'all going to die. God's about to flood this whole earth. You might as well get your life. Sorry for you. Here's what's going to happen. And he never stopped working. Here it is. Some of you, what's going to happen to them is going to happen to them. But because you got so much compassion, you stopped your progression and preparation to try to change their lot. And God told me to tell somebody in here, it's going to happen to them whether you want it to or not. But don't you stop building your ark to try to get them to do something different than God already knew in his wise providence they were already going to do. He knew they wouldn't go stop sinning. He knew they wouldn't go stop their orgies and stop their drunken parties. He said, listen, let them know so that when it starts happening, nobody can say I wasn't warned. God put Noah put the prophetic word in Noah's, watch this, it was almost uh, like, like a sign of things to come. God is just. That means he's legal. So he always serves the people with warning. So you had your warning. I, 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 sent, I, sent, I sent Noah to tell you that was happening. So nobody can say God is unjust and God did it wrong. No, I gave Noah 120 years to tell the people what was happening while he was building the ark to save him, his family, and my animals. Be okay with recognizing that some people are not meant to be in your ark. How do I know who's supposed to be in the ark? Covenant relationships. 
Let's move forward. Go to chapter 7, verses 17 through 24. Chapter 7, verses 17 through 24. Is anybody hearing this right now? Are you getting something? The flood continued 40 days on the earth. And the water increased and bore up the ark, and it rose high above the earth, and the waters prevailed and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters, and the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all of the high mountains under the whole heavens were covered, and the water prevailed over or above the mountains, covering them 15 cubits deep. So think about this. Think about the highest Mount Everest, Kilimanjaro, all of those mountains. They are covered hundreds of feet underwater. Covering them 15 cubits deep and all the flesh died that moved on the earth. Birds, livestock. He said that the water went so high, even the birds that fly in the air got caught. All the flesh died, all the moving on the earth, birds, livestock, beasts, and all the swarming creatures that swarmed on the earth, and all mankind, and everything on the dry land in whose nostrils was the breath of life died. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man, animals, and creeping things, and birds of the heaven, and they were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left, and those who were with him in the ark. And the water prevailed on the earth. Listen to this, 150 days. Don't miss this. It only rained 40 days. But the water stayed on the earth for 150 days. Please understand, you are not safe just because the storm stops. You don't, don't start acting like everything is good because they're not acting up now. You got to hear me in here. God says the water kept prevailing for 150 days. The rain only, it only rained for 40 days. But when you read, watch this, when you read the whole passage in its entirety, God did not just allow the rain, watch this, to come from the heavens. He said he allowed the floodgates to open and the floodgates flooded into the earth. Here it is. The call to the unknown, listen to me, is marked by great natural, relational, and spiritual juxtapositions. I'm going to say this again. I'm going to say it slow. Make sense of this, preacher. The, the call to the unknown is marked by great natural, relational, and spiritual juxtapositions. In other words, when God begins to call you into the unknown, you will see everything changing. Here it is. Natural juxtaposition. Natural juxtaposition is, here it is, the mountains prevail over the water. But when he changed it up, it was the water that prevailed over the mountains. Right? You got to know that in all areas of your relationship, in your natural life, in your relational life, and your spiritual life, things are going to switch. Don't, don't think it's strange for the people that you've been praying. Watch this. The, the, the people that's been praying for you, don't think it's strange if you got to switch and start praying for them. 
don't, don't think it's strange if, if, if the folk that, that you've been depending on now, they got to depend on you. Things are starting to change. And here's the thing. We cannot ask God for something new and want to do it in the same space. God, I want to do something new, but I, as long as I take my chair with me. Because I want to sit in this same chair. And I want to have this same level of responsibility. I want something new, but I want it to stay here. No, no, no. Everything has to change. Notice, the water comes up and everything dies. Everything dies. Everything dies. And now, not to say that God is morbid, not to say that God is sadistic, but watch this. The reason why everything dies is because he needs to create a clean context for what's happening next. This is why you can't have new stu- old stuff in your new season. I, I, I feel you. I feel you. I know it's been a long relationship. It's been a lot of stuff happening. But if you really want to see God do something new and amazing in your life, you have to allow the juxtaposition to take place. Let's move. Genesis chapter 8. Notice what he says. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth and the water subsided and the fountains, here it is, the fountains of the deep and the windows of heaven were closed. Remember, I told you, the rain, it didn't just come from the, 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 the heavens. He said he opened up the deep fountains, and the fountains started pouring immensely. He said the fountains of the deep and the windows of heaven were closed, and the rain of heaven was restrained. And the waters receded from the earth continually. And at the end of 150 days, the water had abated. And in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest on on the mountains of Ararat. And the waters continued to abate until the 10th month in the earth. Watch this, the 10th month. And in the 10th month, the first day of the month, the top of the mountains were seen. I don't miss this. Don't miss this. The water stops. Water's stopping, and now the water is starting to abate or recede, right? Now, that's, that stops happening in the seventh month, but notice this. The, you can't see the mountains until the tenth month. Notice this, and I need, you to, I need you to hear this. When things start to change and when things start to recede, let God change the level. Don't miss this. Let God change the level because things will get steady. You'll get mounted somewhere and then you'll try to adjust the levels and you'll jump out and try to start swimming. And then you realize ain't no land yet because the levels are not right. Here it is. Don't move until you're able to see where you're supposed to be. If you can't see it, just hold on. Wait a minute. 
Wait a minute. Now notice, he, he, he rests on Ararat, and when you begin to, to, to study that, and even uh, uh, ancient archaeology, and, and you begin to study the whole Pangaea, or, or in other words, how the earth used to be together, how there was one large landmass, if, if we were to apply that logic to, to this scripture, that means that Moses started on one side of the Pangaea, and when he ended, he was on the total other side. Now, here's a principle that i got to give you quickly. When God gets ready to do this, he's going to put you on the whole other side. I hear God saying, I'm moving you to the other side. You're not going to be on the same side that you started. I'm moving you to a whole other side. Hear this. The unknown is marked by God shifting his attention from correction to covenant. Now, notice this. All this time, he's, he's, I mean, he's just flooding the earth and all these things are happening. But then at the top of the verse, he says, and God remembered Noah. Here it is. God says, I'm going to deal with the stuff I need to deal with. But you ought to rejoice that this is a season where God has said, I'm getting ready to remember you. I know there's some stuff I promised you. I know there's some stuff that I said I was going to do for you. And even though I kept you, you still felt all of the blunt of the rain. You felt the rain. You felt the cold. You felt the water. All of that, you experienced it. You went through it. Ah, I got to stop and thank God for, for, for somebody in this room. God says, you ought, to, you ought to know that I allowed you to go through it, but I didn't forget you while you were in it. And I'm going to remember you, and I'm going to shift from correcting stuff to covenant relationship. 8 through 12, we're almost out of here. Verse 8, chapter 8, verse 8 through 12, he says, Then he sent from a dove from him. He sent forth a dove from him to see the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set its her foot, so she returned to the ark, and the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So they still, even after the 10th month, you could see the mountains, but it still wasn't enough gone for us to live on the ground because there was still too much water on the ground. Sheesh. Watch this. And he waited another seven days. I cannot, can I say this right here? Listen, you've been waiting for this your whole life, so another week ain't going to kill you. I, I just got to tell, listen, listen, listen. You've been waiting on this your whole life, so seven more days not going to kill you. Don't jump in too quick. Thank you. I'm glad I got that credit score. Thank you. I'm excited. Thank you. Let me just... And he waited another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in his mouth, y'all gonna think I made this stuff up. In the evening, and behold, in his mouth was a fresh plucked olive leaf. Somebody shout the anointing. (laughs) An olive leaf is in the dove's mouth. So Noah knew that the water had subsided from the earth. Watch this. He got his sign. He got his sign. It went, uh, watch this, watch this. An olive branch. Now, notice this. He floods everything. So everything should have died. But watch this. 
Notice, the first thing that he allows to spring up is an olive tree. And the reason why he allows an olive tree to spring up first is to give you a principle in your life that before you do anything, you better make sure you establish the anointing. Before you get a wedding ring, you better make sure you get the anointing. Before you... Says, he says, the anointing goes first. If we're going to do anything, we're going to start with the anointing of God. So the olive branch is the first thing that he finds. He plucks the olive leaf. And so Noah knew that the water had subsided from the earth. But watch this. Then he waited another seven days. Another seven days. Why? Because I want to be sure, sure. I don't know who I'm talking to in this room, but some of y'all are like, they ain't going to manipulate dip me this year because this the year I'm going to be sure, sure. This the year I'm going to be ready, ready. This the year I'm going to know, no. This the year I'm going to be sure, sure because, because I got all the proof I need. Now watch this. This is this, this, this cold. This cold right here. This cold right here. Watch this. Then he waited another seven days and he sent forth the dove. Now watch this. Look what the, after the comma, look what it says. And she, the dove, did not return to him anymore. Ooh, don't miss this. Don't miss this. So here, one of the, one of the real characteristics of turtle doves and one of the reasons why God wanted the dove to be a sacrifice on the altar, watch this, because he knew that the doves were pure and the doves, they only ate where they lived. And so they would always go back home. Doves, 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 unlike pigeons. Pigeons go eat and sleep wherever they find it. But doves, watch this. They only eat and sleep in their home. That, 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 that's, a, that's a whole other message. I can't even preach that right now. I can't even preach that right now. But they only eat and sleep at their home. That's why, you know, you know when you go to the funeral and, and they do the dove release and they release the doves. I'm like, what they going to do with their doves? I'm like, don't worry about it. They'll be back at the house later because that's a part of the nature of the dove. But why does the dove that, that Noah sends out never return? I'm glad you asked. This season, watch this, for the dove to find her resting place. <laughs> okay. This is going to hit whole different on Tuesday. It's going to get totally different when you get a call saying you've been approved. This gonna hit totally different when they say you can have a house. This gonna hit totally different when they say you've been released to move. This gonna hit totally different when when your office change. In other words, you need to find the place where the anointing is for your life and stay there. No, it sent out the bird. Sent out the dove. The dove went. Oh, this is a nice olive tree. This is a nice olive tree. He he gets the she she gets the branch. She gets the leaf and brings it back to Noah. Watch this. That was a sign. Watch this. That that's where I'm gonna live. My God. And I hear God saying, I'm about to give you a taste of your brand new life. I'm about to give you a taste. And when I release you this time, don't go crazy. Go back to the anointing. Don't, don't lose it. Go back to where I showed you you're supposed to live. So the dove rose up and threw the deuces at Noah. 
and went back to that olive tree because she knew that this is a good place for me to live. If you're going to live anywhere, you better live where the anointing is. You better live where God is speaking. You better live where God is fresh. You Thirteen, and in the six hundred, six hundred first year, in the first month of the first day, the waters were dried up from the earth, and Noah removed the covering from the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the twenty seventh day of the month, the earth had dried out. Then God said to Noah, go out of the ark, you, your wife, and your son, and your son's wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that was with you, all the flesh, the birds, the animals, and everything creeping, the creeps on the earth, that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply the earth. So Noah went out with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him and every beast and every creeping thing and every bird and everything that moves on the earth went out by families of the ark. Watch this. The ark was a place of safety, not a permanent situation. Don't take up residence in the vehicle God is using to get you to your destiny. God used that to get you where you are. That's not where you're supposed to live. Come on here. God says, I'm using that as a vehicle. The ark was not the final resting place. The ark was the vehicle. And too many of us, we're living in the ark. Where God says, I done dried up and made a new life, a new world for you to live in. I don't know who I'm talking to in here. You've gone through the storm. You've gone through the rain. And I'm glad God kept you in the midst of it. But now is the season for you to put your feet on dry ground. Verse 20, then Noah built the ark of the Lord and took up some of every, watch this, Noah built an altar to the Lord. Don't miss this, I'm gone. Noah took and built an altar to the Lord and he took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered a burnt offering on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma. The Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done while the earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Let me close by saying this. While the ark was the biggest thing Noah created, it was not the most important thing. For the most important thing that Noah ever built was the altar of the Lord. For when he created a context for sacrifice and worship, God reversed the curse and created seeds and the blessings that would be perpetual for his people. Y'all didn't miss, y'all, listen, y'all, y'all heard my pastor a few weeks ago, first Sunday of the year, I, I let him preach, and he said that because of what Adam and Eve did, watch this, he put a curse on the land, and he told the land not to produce, but because when, Noah, watch this, when Noah got out of the ark, he didn't build a house first, he built an altar first. He builds an altar and he takes the animals and he sacrifices them on the altar. And when he sacrifices them on the altar, the Lord smells some 
He ain't never smelled before. The Lord, for the first time, he smells sacrifice. He says, what is, what is that fragrance? What is that aroma? <laughs> I know where you're at. He said, what is that? And he looks down and he sees Noah blowing the altar. He sees Noah worshiping God like, Lord, I thank you that you kept my family. Lord, I thank you that you kept my wife. Lord, I thank you that you kept my kids. Lord, it didn't smell good in there, but I thank you that even though it didn't smell good in there, that was the thing that saved my life. God, I thank you that you kept me. I thank you that you called the water to receive. I thank you that you're giving me a new chance on earth. And he says, because you did that, I'm going to reverse the curse. And now forevermore, there will be seed time and harvest. There'll be day and night. There'll be summer and winter. And it will keep going until I come back. Is there anybody in here that's excited that God is getting ready to reverse the curse? But I'm telling you, he's getting, didn't that well to be it? I told you it was going to be a curse, break, anointing, and rule. But this is what I heard the Lord say. It's going to be on the other side of you building an altar and making a sacrifice. But when you build your altar, when you make your sacrifice, God says, I'm going to take the curse off your whole family. And I'm going to create seasons of blessing that's going to come year after year. You're not going to have to wait and pray for it. God says it's going to come like rain. It's going to come like the sun. It's going to come like the dawning of the new day. You got to go into the unknown. I hear the Lord saying, I need you to understand that the most important thing that Noah built was not an ark. That was the biggest thing he built. But it wasn't the most important thing he built. You got to go all the way to the end of the story. When he built that altar and that sacrifice went to the nostrils of God, it changed his whole mind about the earth. And I don't know what God had in store for those connected to you or even for you yourself. But I'm here to tell you that there is a secret to getting God to change his mind. And that is you creating an altar and sacrificing your past, sacrificing your choice, sacrificing your meal, sacrificing the very thing you desire. Tuesday night we said, how many of us are willing to just accept and say, okay, God, this is the year where I'm going to give up trying to do it my way, and I'm going to just take your way, and whatever you produce is what I'll take. Can I pray for you? I'm believing God that the anointing of God is going to move powerfully in your life. And the reason why I wanted to make sure I put it in everybody's hands because, listen, I mean, the, the, you know, I, I, may have, I may have another opportunity to pray for you and lay hands on you and your family this year. But even if I don't, I want, I want to be sure that the anointing of God is in your hands. And you don't have to wait for me. By the grace of God, 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 God gave me the grace to pour every one of these bottles. And it is to say to you that there is, no, there is no separation between this pulpit or that pew. 
For the same grace that flows here is the grace that's in your hand. The same power that animates me is the same power that's with you. And you will walk in the anointing. I don't know what arc you got to be in. I don't, know, I don't know how God's going to do it in your life, but I need you to know that if the, that the, if the Noah anointing is on your life, you got to get to work. You got to get to work and you got to do what God has called you to do because the water is coming. It may not, it may not be physical water. It may be proverbial water. Listen, we prophesied this at the end of the year, ready or not, it's coming. And so you need to be prepared for what God wants to do. And if you needed to hear it, you're going to be all right. Yeah. Your family going to be all right. The ones that you're in covenant with, they're going to be all right. But it's going to take you creating a context in order for them to be transferred, transported from one place to another. I, I really believe in this, in this space, in this season, I really believe God is using us to create an ark. I really believe that. Creating a, creating a brand new context. And we're moving things and we're doing different things. And, you know, if you were here last week, you've seen, you've seen pictures of, of a building we're trying to acquire and, and we're, we're trying to do some different things. And, and it's, it's, not just a, it's not just a new church, but it's something that we're going to activate six days a week. Because we're believing God that we need to create something different. And so I want to pray for you that God begins to arrest you with realities of creative obedience so that you can do what God has called you to do. Father, I lift up to you every man, woman, boy, and girl under the sound of my voice. I lift up to you my beloved family and I pray for them right now that you would grant them all the grace that they need to do what you call them to do. Give them eyes to see. Give them ears to hear. Give them hearts to perceive. Allow them to process through this word this week. Allow them to live this word out this week. That they may know your will and do your will. And that your will may be manifested in their life. We declare these things to be done that it is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anybody receive a word from the Lord today? Were you blessed by the message you just heard? If so, please leave a review so others can glean from the lessons you learned. And if you would like to help us continue ministry, feel free to give at hvcla.com. We love you, family.